Welcome to the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC, whose main club sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. And this week on Belmont Banter, I'm delighted to say we've got, well, one of the best goalkeepers we've ever had at Whistle Town, Kevin Fuel. How are you doing, Kev? Hi, Tony. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're more than welcome, mate. How's how's Dad, Tony? Yeah, he's good, thank you. Yeah, he's uh, he's well. He's just uh, thoroughly bored at the moment, you know, without any football and stuff. So, uh, yeah, trying to keep him occupied. But uh, no, otherwise, yeah, we're all good. We're all very well, thank you. That's good news. Are you still involved at any level? Yes, uh, couple of different roles really I guess the the main one being I'm first team goalkeeper coach at Punjab United in the in the Scaffold Kent Premier at the moment local club a few people up there that I know so I'm sort of keeping myself busy with with that and then off the back of that I'm also uh, coaching with the under 16s um, at Punjab as well a general coaching role and my my son plays for that team so uh, and how how are they doing league-wise yeah they're okay they're not too bad look they're you know, they're they're a tiny club at that level. You know, their their rise was was unbelievable, really, in in the short space of time, and from a Sunday morning side right the way up. So, uh, that you know, I don't think uh, the guys will mind me saying they they're probably punching above their weight. To be fair, you know, they're in there with the likes of Chatham Town and established clubs like that. But um, they're you know they're a good bunch of lads. The 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 guys that run it, uh, you know, they're trying to do the right things. It's a good good club as well it's, it's local for me it's literally five minutes up the road from where I live so uh, yeah no it's good it's good they're doing all right it's obviously a bit of a stop start season this one but um, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get back in in January well you've almost gone full circle with that comment because you're going talking about startups and progression so let's take you back to your first days in football when did you start when did you first get involved I bet your dad had something to do with it yeah yeah, probably. I, I don't know. Locally, I, I've, I've been playing for as long as I can remember. I, I think my mum's got some pictures of me playing in goal. For some reason, I always went in goal. I, my, my dad doesn't know why. He just said from, from day one, you wanted to you know, be in goal and he used to dive around and get muddy and he used to love it. You know, I'm one of three boys, so my older brother used to play as well. And I think it was for a team called Cobham Colts out in Gravesend. And my dad was a manager of the team with my brother. I think I just used to go along to training and stuff and then they started a team up and yeah, I got some pictures of me, tiny little seven-year-old in a full-size goal as it were back then because uh, they didn't have the little five-a-side goals and stuff like they do now. So uh, yeah, just went from there really, just always stayed in goal, never came out on field. Um, yeah, just went all the way through kids football and uh, locally and was quite successful, sort of district, Kent, that sort of stuff and a bit of a spell on Charlton's books as well. Uh, for a few years, that was great. You know, going up to Sparrows Lane and training a couple of times a week as uh, you know the centre of excellence as it was back then. And but uh, apparently I wasn't tall enough, so got released. And uh, yeah, didn't didn't really let it hold me back and carried through and uh, ended up ended up at Grazing and Allfleet as it obviously used to be known. Under 18s, couple of seasons there until they uh, decided to ditch the ditched the under-18s team in favour of a ladies team. And, uh, yeah, so I think last game of the season, we played away at Chatham Town in the under-18s. And um, there was, obviously, the the, the rest of the the squad were not really knowing what they were going to do. And it was a bit of a hammer blow to us, really, that we were just told that, sorry, guys, there won't be a team next year. 
and I think the, the manager of Chatham got wind of that and sort of invited all of us down for trials and uh, so yeah so we all went down and lucky I got selected and yeah then sort of went from there really started out in the in their under 18 side I had one more season because I was a year younger and uh, had a year in that and then by the end of that season I was sort of knocking on the door of the reserve side and so the following following season I was playing a bit of both yeah and then then all of a sudden found myself knocking on the door of the first team and had a had a couple of games and I remember actually my, my debut was away at Whitstable Town for uh, for Chatham. I just, they, they signed me on a contract after the game as well in the bar. I remember it very well. I think it was only something like stupid, like a tenner a week or something. But um, as a, as a what was I, probably 18 back then. And uh, yeah, my first taste of, uh, of first team football. And and then, yeah, the following season, I've established myself in the reserves and, um, and then was playing a bit bit in the first team here and there and then managed to get myself in the first team full time and then the first year I had we uh, we, we managed to win the Kent the Kent League uh, you know we had a great side that year and, and that was probably where I, I sort of first got in contact with with Mark Lane Laney he uh, yeah. he came down and he was good friends with Steve and the manager of Chatham and he used to train with us a bit and I played against Laney as well when he was at Sheppey and so yeah, got on really well with Laney. Obviously, another Gravesend lad. So we used to sort of travel down quite a lot together and did a bit of coaching for me. He had a couple of games when I got injured, and so yeah, so that's where sort of friendship with Laney started, and then uh, which which obviously I came back to a, little, a few years later. But um, so yeah, so Chatham was Chatham was great. I loved it at Chatham. Great club. Had had sort of four or five seasons there. So we got promoted. Then we went and played in the old Doctor Martins, as it was known then, and travelled the depths of uh, of the of the UK of England on the coach I remember Saturdays were a write-off you used to get on that coach at 10 o'clock in the morning and you wouldn't get back till you know stupid o'clock at night and but we had a great time it was a good bunch of lads and yeah so it sort of went from there really and then then I got an approach from Mark Beanie at Sitting Ball you know just came out the blue didn't, didn't know him um, I think my time at Chatham was sort of coming to an end I've been there a long while there have been a lot of change a lot of the players had come and gone and I just sort of thought do you know what? Maybe it's just a, a you know, a fresh, fresh change, uh, something different, and and obviously the the you know the draw of Mark Beanie as well, an ex you know professional goalkeeper for Leeds and and Gillingham. It was you know it was great to be approached by him and went went down and met with him, had a had a good chat with him, and all what he was trying to do at Sittingbourne sounded great, and um, obviously they were in the Ryman at the time, so decided to go with it and. Uh, yeah, had had a good sort of three or four seasons at Sitting Bourne again in in the Ryman, and you know up and down really. We were never never the uh, you know one of the strongest sides, but we was always there or thereabouts in the middle of the table. And um, but yeah, that no, was great experience. Completely different type of club, Sitting Bourne, um, to what I'd been used to. Just in terms of the you know we I think they'd just recently moved from the the main uh, stadium down to that stadium down the side of the. Yep. at the ground and obviously wasn't quite the same bit of a different atmosphere and but yeah completely different to Chatham and I think it was good for me I think it, it helped me develop in my game and I had to grow up very quickly and uh, you know whereas I'd sort of come up through the ranks in Chatham and uh, knew everybody and you know was quite comfortable I, I was then thrown in at the deep end at Sitting Ball and there were some real characters down there and uh, yeah so I had to had to get to grips with that quickly but no that was good and then uh yeah, then then sort of finished there, and it was sort of Laney and, and Siegs were, were on my case about coming down, and I think I was I think it was one of the seasons I had a change of marriage. Steve Lovell took over at Sittingbourne, and uh, he came in and day one wasn't great for me. He said, 
right, I like my goalkeeper to be huge, come and take crosses and they can kick it the length of the field. And uh, he brought a couple of goalkeepers in and he went, look, you, you know, you're welcome to fight it out with them, but that's, that's, that's what I like. So you don't fit the bill really, but um, so it's up to you. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So I sat on the bench for a, for a few games and then I think um, Laney ran me up and just said, oh, could you could you come on loan to Whitstable? We we need we need you to play. We had keepers injured, and so I was like, all right, okay. Obviously, it was the league below at the time, so I was like, well, I'd love to play definitely because I'm not playing at the moment. So uh, I think it was away at Greenwich Borough, if I remember rightly. We uh, went and went and played in a friendly. I think we won and a, 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 a loan game for for you guys, and then was like, do you know what? Yeah, this. You know, I liked it, and then I, but I stayed where I was for that season, and then uh, yeah. But Laney kept badgering me, and C's kept badgering me, and was like, "Look, come down, come down in the summer. We're trying to build something at Whitstable." And uh, so yeah, so that's then when I ended up at Whitstable that summer, which was 2006, I think. Let me just relay to you something I wrote to you earlier on about your time at Whitstable, which is from a press cutting that was handed around. And uh, this is to do with exactly the period you're talking about. This is a quote in the newspaper. When my goalkeeping coach, Mark Lane, broke the news at pre-season that Kevin was joining us, I said to him and Simon Halsley, who was his number two, that's it, Kevin is the missing link. We can push on now. Uh, well, how you did push on, because listen to this as well. Right, then it went on, 23 league games without defeat, chalking up 18 wins, five draws, and one of only two home league defeats during the season. What a season. Yeah. Unbelievable, wasn't it? Uh, it was It was unbelievable. Yeah, you know, Siegs had, you know, and Laney had, uh, yeah, they sold me the story that, that summer, and they said, look, this is what we've built. This is what we're trying to achieve. We're really going to push on this season. And, and you have to... You have to, you know, take that with a little bit of a pinch of salt and say, okay, of course they're going to say that, and they're trying to get me to come down. And, you know, I'm dropping down a division, but I was like, no, do you know what? Uh, you know, I like the look of the place. I like the sound of what they were trying to do. Um, knew a few of the lads already down there, and obviously the fact that Laney was there as well was a massive draw for me because I didn't really know Seeks at that time. Obviously, I knew knew of him from his sitting born days, but um, and Deal days, but I didn't really know him that well. So, uh, yeah, I think it, Laney had sold it to me and I was like look come on in let, let, let's give it a go what's the worst that could happen and then yeah I, I never ex never expected that but the, the more it went on that season just the more and more we got better and better and just thought yeah do you know what this you know we, it was something special that year it was a great group of lads as well that was the good thing we uh if I remember from you know I can remember it as if it was like yesterday just being in and around the place it was such a a buzz, you know, when you're doing well, of course, everybody wants to be there. But we had such a big squad as well. I don't know how he managed it purely because we were winning, I think, kept people happy. But there were people not even making the bench, if I remember rightly, but they were still just happy to be involved. And yeah, and it, and, and it needed because I think we, we ended up, obviously, uh, we just missed out on the treble. We, unfortunately, we lost in the, the other cup final down at Folkestone against VCD, if I remember rightly. And mm -hmm. uh, which would have capped the season off amazingly. But yeah, the, the double did, you know, we would have took that. And uh, But yeah, no, it was a great season. Yeah, probably, I'll, I'll go on record and say, probably my best ever season, you know, in, in terms of non-league football. It couldn't have gone any better, put it there. And I think, 
And, you know, we, we were speaking earlier on, obviously, it's great to win the league, great to win the, the cup as well. That that cup final at Dartford was was amazing. I think it was against, is it Beersted or something like that? Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think we won one nil. We was hanging on, really hanging on towards the end. But we managed to do it. And just the whole day was, was amazing. Um, was something I definitely remember. Ironically enough, that was on my birthday, the 15th of April. Oh, right. Yes, it was. And of course, I was lucky at the time where I was sitting in the chair. And it was honestly, it was a, and it was a beautiful day, wasn't it? It was warm. Yeah. Really, really hot. Yeah. And the pitch played well. It was a bit sandy, but dead flat. And it played really well. Yeah. Because I think oh, that, what if I remember rightly, that, that stadium must have been fairly new back then. It had only been around a year or two. Um, it was. So the pitch was half decent. Um but it was just the whole day. We, I think we see Zag had us in the, the Hilton, I think it was, at Dartford as yep. a pre-match. We was in there. We had something to eat. And, you know, just the just the whole buzz around the place was just amazing. You know, it was like a proper, proper day out. And, but but it was a good feeling, though, because I think it, it was one of those where we were going into it thinking, yeah, do you know what? We're going to win this. You know, at no stage did I think that day that, oh, we might not. It was it was a case of look we're going and we're going to win you know we're flying high in the league and yeah no I can remember it all you know even though it was God knows how many years ago now but um, that that would definitely be a game I remember I think that that some of the pictures I've still got I've got loads of the pictures from that game and oh. I think Per Per did a photo book if I remember rightly with loads of pictures in it and you know we we've got that and. I think, yeah, all the Oyster boys were behind the goal. I think, as you say, it was really hot. A load of them had, had their shirts off and stuff. And so I remember, and yeah, no, it was it was a great game. No, I loved that game. And uh, yeah, won't won't forget that one. And you were telling me uh, off air earlier on that you've got the uh, Oyster boys shield still. You've still got that. Yeah, yeah. So that, like you said, that season was amazing for me. You no, know, not only did we win the league and the cup, but um, yeah, I think. You know, I think I cleaned up at the awards evening as well that year. There's not many seasons where I've won awards, so sod it. I'm going to big myself up for that one. But um, yeah, I think I had the, I think I had the players' player, I had the Oyster Boys' player of the year, and I've got the, yeah, I'm in the spare room up on the shelf. The missus doesn't let me have all the uh, the trophies on show, but um, I've got a select few, and they're definitely the the core ones are there with a nice team photo from that season. So that's lovely. Uh, and before yeah. we finish talking about that uh, that great game, Marlon Button's goal. What yeah. a goal. It just seemed yeah. to come out of nowhere. It, it, down know, the left-hand side, he only seemed to be about 10 yards into their half. And he just, what a shot. Uh, it was a great start. We were winding him up saying it was a cross. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, no, it was, uh, what, again, i would never forget that. And I think somebody got a great picture of that as well, which is on his on his Facebook and social media every now and again, he, he keeps reposting that even all these years him. on. But, um, but no, I, I know Marlon, I still speak to, I saw him actually earlier today. So uh, yeah, no, I still speak to Marlon quite a lot. He's uh, he's a good friend. So uh, yeah, that's he's, uh, I think that's his claim to fame. Definitely that goal. Good in the for cup him. Final. Good for him. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to get him on because it's worth a chat just to talk about that goal. Yeah, yeah, no, he'd love to do it. Yeah, yeah I can set no, you up with that, not a problem. No, that'd be good, that'd be really good. And talking about great uh, great goals and great signings, at a club, when you're a supporter, there's always a moment when someone comes to the club and you think, yes, you coming to the club was, was fantastic. And the reason that I say that is because when a marquee signing comes to the club, someone that everybody knows about, it not only lifts the club, but it also brings other players in. 
And to me, mm. apart from Siegs himself, when, when he came through the door, it was Steve Marshall. When Steve Marshall yeah. joined the club, everyone yeah. was sort of, the buzz was around, Christ, Steve Marshall's here. What's he doing yeah. here? He's signed. He's what? He's signed for Whistable. Wow. Yeah. What a player. And the yeah, way he... no, Marshy was, and and again, I'd I'd played against Marshy before when he was at Deal when he had, they had that the FA Vars winning That's side. Right, yeah. That that actual season, I played against him. I played for Chatham against him and uh, and Siegs and, and all those guys. Phil Miles, who is a good friend of mine as well from from Chatham and stuff. Yeah, no, Marshy was. I, I didn't know Marshy before I came to Whistable. Obviously, I knew of him, but yeah, what what a player, what what a player, but what a great lad as well. You know, as a as an older statesman in that dressing room, because we had a few youngsters in that dressing room at Winstable. Um, he was such a good role model for him. You know, great attitude. You know, yeah, you know, he'd throw his toys out the pram a little bit if uh, if something didn't quite go his way, but so did all everybody else. And yeah. but he, he no, he set such a good example for, for 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 the other lads and you know the younger strikers. I think we had like Stuart King, who was obviously really young that season, and you know for for to, for him to learn from someone like Marshy was. Definitely, and I, I seem to remember he popped up with some really crucial goals as well. I think there was one, I think, which ultimately ended up winning us the league, which was away at Seven Oaks, if I remember right. Yeah, I think I think he popped up with one right late on to nick us the win or a draw or something like that. And then I think in the midweek was then when VCD dropped points and uh, and we won the league. So I think without him popping up with that goal, obviously it could have been a completely different story. But yeah. um, no, great great player, Marshy. And one of the goals that sticks out for me, and, and to this day, I, I couldn't tell you who it was against. It was at the Belmont. It was down the uh, the Gasworks end. And Stevie, wonderful, wonderful goal. And he just stood in front of all the crowd with his arms wide like that. And they were all over the bar- barriers, sugging him. And the, it was yeah. amazing. What a, what a day that was. Yeah. No, definitely. Well, we had a few of them, didn't we, I think? Yeah, we, we did. Uh... We did. We had a few of them. I think I remember a penalty shootout as well, if I remember right. I can't remember who that was against, but um, I think I saved a couple in that and we ended up winning. I don't know if that was obviously en route to one of the finals. but Yeah, it um, would have been. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was good days. So your time at Whitstall, you were there for, what, three years altogether? Yeah, I think it was three or four, wasn't it, I think, in the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah. And, and where um, did you so, move on to from uh, town then? So I went to Eriff Town. So again, it was a similar story, really. Obviously, we went. Obviously, uh, Mark Monday took over after Seeds went, and um, and then obviously Laney took over from him, and obviously didn't quite work out that second season for Laney, which was a shame. Obviously, was where I was, yeah. I was sharing a sharing a lift down with Laney, and obviously he was a big part of my time at Whitstable, and you know the fact that he he took over, kept us up the previous season, and then. Uh, you know, took took the decision to to take it on the following season, which was a big call for Laney. He, he really was 50-50 about it, and but I think we were all very much behind him. You know, and that was the key thing. You know, Agreed. all of the players were definitely behind him taking it, and unfortunately, the results. You know, we probably let him down a little bit and didn't quite get the results that we needed to do. And that's football at the end of the day. And you know, there was no gripes. Obviously, he's, he he took it on the chin, and and away he went, and. Um, yeah, and it just sort of changed really. The obviously new manager came in, and I can't remember the guy's name, and obviously brought a new few new faces in, and wanted to change it all around. And yeah, it just didn't feel all the same for us that have been there for a few years. And I think a few of the other lads had gone by that point. And yeah, again, I think I just sort of looked and thought, 
uh, do you know what? I think the time has come. I think there was another goalkeeper that he'd brought in and we were sort of through pre-season, I think, was playing us and was saying he didn't know what he was going to do. And yeah, it was, wasn't great. As, as a goalkeeper, you want to play. And I'm, especially when I've been through what I'd been through in the last few years with the club and, you know, I wanted to play. I didn't want to be sitting on the bench while there was a youngster playing and, you know, that, that's not being big-headed or nothing. But I sort of looked at it and thought, do you know what? If it's a change that they want, and fair enough. So, uh, so yeah, so I left. And I think I had a few months out. I didn't really do a huge amount. I think I went back to Chatham and trained with them for a little bit just to keep myself going. But, um, but yeah, then I got a call from um, from Tony Russell at Erith Town. I remember I was on holiday, I think, in, in Mallorca or something. And uh, this guy kept ringing me. And I was like, oh, my God, who is this who just keeps ringing and keep getting text messages? And, um, yeah, and basically it come through a... Tony had got my number through, I think it was Andy Constable. He was just like, look, they're desperate for a goalkeeper. You know, he's, he's ringing you. And Andy messaged me, just said, look, he keep, said he's trying to ring you. They're desperate for a keeper. And he's heard, he's heard that you're out, you know, not, not got a club. Why are you not taking his call? And I was like, look, I'm in Mallorca at the moment. I'm, I'm on holiday. I'm, he's like, yeah, but the season starts this weekend. Like, when, when are you back? And uh, I said, well, I'm back Thursday. I ended up literally coming back from holiday. I went and met him signed the forms and hadn't even met the team and I played on the Saturday away at Deal first game of the season and uh, but um, but yeah no and then I had a couple of great years at Erith Town to be fair they were a good, good side and yeah no, I had I enjoyed it D- again completely different club you yeah. know going from going from you know from the likes of Chathams and Whistleballs where it's just such a friendly family sort of club and great atmosphere and here, if there was no atmosphere whatsoever, because there was nobody there, and uh, you were the running track around the pitch, but they were a good side. Tony was getting them playing the right way, and he was building something, which he obviously then went on to. I think that one of the, the second season with them before I got injured, we were flying higher. We were up the top, and then Tony ended up being poached by VCD, and off he went to VCD, and look where he is now, running Cray Wanderers, obviously decent standard. They're a really good side, and should have been promoted last season, unfortunately, but because of COVID. It didn't happen, and uh, so yeah, so I had, had a couple of seasons with them, and then I had a really bad injury. I tore my ankle ligaments, and uh, probably just at that stage, I was getting to a point where I was maybe not enjoying my football like I'd used to used to, and you know, work and family and everything else was was coming first, and yeah, I wasn't training as hard as maybe I should have done, and I just thought, oh, do you know what, I need a break, I need need some time out, and uh, yeah, and I haven't, I haven't played since. So it's um, not not at that level anyway. Obviously, when he went into coaching here, if then said, well, you know, could could you help out do a bit of goalkeeper coaching? And on my once I'd done my rehab, and so yeah, did did a little bit of that, and then I just sort of carried that going. Really, I ended up doing a bit of goalkeeper coaching uh, at here. If then went to Chatham. So when Paul Piggott Piggy took over at Chatham a few years back, and he had Clint Gooding as his number two. Oh, yeah. I got the call and they said, do you fancy coming in as the goalie coach at Chatham? And I said, yeah, I'd love to, you know, my old club. So down I went. But then uh, that only lasted for about four months because he then got the sack. And uh, yeah, so so came out of there, then had a bit of a break. And then the Punjab thing sort of just sort of happened. My son had started playing from on a Sunday with his mates from school. And uh, yeah, the the one of the lads he played with was, was Chippy. Yeah. Um, his son was playing in the same team as my son and Chippy's the first team manager and we just got talking and I probably said a little bit more than I should have said and about what I'd done in the past and next thing I know I'm I'm up 
first team training, taking the goalkeepers, and uh, I've been there. What this is my third season now. So uh, yeah, that's, it just sort of just it's just freaky how some things happen, and it's just one thing that one door closes, another door opens, and um, you know I, I love my football, and uh, yeah, I have to be busy doing that. But the yeah, the the kids stuff. All, all the while, I was also coaching for Ebbsfleet, so I was doing. My, my son's team, we started as under sevens and I think we went through to like under 13. So I was the manager of the Ebbsfleet Academy for, for that team all the way through. And that was keeping me busy during the week and weekends. And, uh, but yeah, so never not involved if, and then if not, I'm trying, try and get up to the Valley to watch Cholton when, when I can as well. So yeah. uh, obviously a lifelong fan of the Valley as well then. Yeah. Yeah. Fat, you know, massive fans. Obviously my dad's a huge Cholton fan and, all the family, uh, his side of the family are from Cholton and yeah, so try and get up there as much as I can really and obviously not happening too much at the moment but um, and yeah, they've had a, an up and down few years as well um, but uh, new owners in now so hopefully we can push on and have a good season. Has that been sorted out then, the ownership thing? Yeah, all done now so we've got a new new guy come in and, and got that sorted, got some new players in very quickly and we started the season really well bit of a dip of late but um no they've got a good squad now for league one so fingers crossed it's such gutting because you know we we had the uh, the highs of winning the playoff final a couple of seasons ago and getting into the championship and that was absolutely amazing uh, you know as, as a day out for football at Wembley that day was absolutely unbelievable um you know to, to win it in injury time and against Sunderland again and uh yeah, as a Cholton fan, it doesn't get much better than that. They don't come around very often, so we have to make the most of it. And uh, relegated the following season just just made you think, oh, what was the point? You know, wasted all that good work. But uh, but no, we hopefully we'll have a few more good years to come. Yeah, hopefully so. You touched on something that's always uh, sort of stuck in my mind when you go up that next step from the Kent League, from the Ryman League, from the Southern League, and you talked about the the length of the days that you were having when you were playing. And you were travelling all over the place. Yeah. I mean, your day must have. I mean, I spoke to who was that? Was chatting to Keith McMahon, and Keith was telling me once they were, they got promoted to the Ryman Prem. All of a sudden, he said the days got longer and longer because you're yeah. playing all day, aren't you? Yeah. I think back back in them early days when you think that the leagues were not as regionalised as they are now. You know that that original Dr Martins when we went with Chatham. You know we were going to like Spalding. Was, was going to Corby Town, was going down to the New Forest. Crikey. It was, you know, great, great places to go and play. But, but yeah, they were, you know, you just used to live on the coach. You, yes. you, you know, you'd, you'd it'd pick you up at, yeah, 10 o'clock in the morning and for a three o'clock kickoff. And then you weren't getting back till obviously in the evening. And just your whole Saturday was gone. An was absolute gone, yeah. But, um, yeah. but it was good times, though. It was good, you know, it was. You didn't mind it so much. Obviously, hopefully you got the results. It was worth going. Um, but some of the, you know, some of the stories that, you know, and, and things that I can remember from my days in, you know, in those days with some of the, the players and, you know, and what, what went on in on the coach and stuff. Obviously, you know, some beers on the way back and the card games and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, stories of um, the likes of George Boyd that went on to play for for Hull and the Premier League and all of that, he, he came on loan from uh, Stevenage to, to us at Chatham. And uh, just this young 16-year-old, I think he was, or 17-year-old at the time, nobody really knew who he was. And they were like, oh, is this flash kid coming in here? Is he think he is sort of thing? And I remember him coming on the coach with us and some of the uh, 
the characters were putting their arm around you, come and use, come and sit with me, we'll, we'll, we'll sort you out sort of thing. And, uh, and then I remember, I can't remember where we went. We went away somewhere and it took us hours to get there. He made his debut and everybody was like, oh, this lad can play. He's a really good player. And I think we bigged him up too much. He got sent off after about 10 minutes. He made a horrendous <laughs> tackle on somebody. And, um, but the story I always remember, and he probably won't like me for saying it, but I think it was so early in the game. He, he went back to the changing room and went in the changing room and threw his boots on the floor and they locked him in because they'd come out of the changing rooms and then make sure they locked him while the game was going on, obviously till half time. And he got stuck in the dressing room. He, he was sitting there at half time. We all walked in and there he was. He was like, I've been fucking locked in here. So, uh, yeah. So that was, and then obviously look what happened to him. He went on to, to play in the Premier League and yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, it is the stories. It is all the memories, isn't it? Talking about uh, quality players, obviously you mentioned George then and, and uh, you know, that was a bit of a fairy tale. But we also had one or two players. We had um, we had some really good players at, at town and at other clubs. Who would you say is probably one of the best players you ever played? First of all, defensively, because as a goalkeeper, yeah. you had a rock in front of you. Yeah, definitely. No, I'm trying to think. It's been been a load of players over over the years. Um, I don't want you to think one person out because that would be uncomfortable. No, I, I, no, I think I think if you if you think back to that season, the the yeah the double winning season, um, and you think you look at the likes of Rob Thomas, Michael Adcock, um, Andy Kia, you know those guys that were playing. I'm trying to think who else we had. You know Gary Sayer, Tom Tommy Guns. Um, you know, those are amazing players. Josh Main, and this is what I'm saying. Yeah, all of these players were there in the squad. You know, and you, you think there's I've named four centre halves there, and they were all four of them were were great players. And I, I don't know how he kept them all happy. Siegs, Stu Siegs, he was he was a he was a brilliant man manager. You know, obviously Simon did all the tactics and the the coaching side of it, but Siegs was brilliant with with keeping people switched on and keeping people engaged and. That must have been how he did it. I, I don't know how he did it and kept all of these people happy. But that, that season, yeah, we had players coming out of our ears, but they're all still there. You know, even half of them weren't getting a game. They weren't even making the bench, but they were still just keen, still travelling with the team. And just like, oh, I don't know how, it's, how he's doing it. But, but yeah, no, it was. So, so those four definitely, you know, as centre-halves that season, I think they were immense. Know, they're all big, they're all big lads, and you know, because we come under the cosh in, in many games. You know, we, we had great attacking players, like you said. Um, you know, with Stevie Marshall and Andy Constable and Sam Pratt and Kingy. Yeah. Again, you know, four four great strikers, and again, they couldn't all play at the same time. No. But, um, and you sort of think, you know, we, we would always get a goal. We knew we'd always score, but you know, Kent League football teams just used to put put the ball in the box and. Yeah, that, those guys, the, the four centre halves, they just used to win headers for fun. And uh, yeah, no, they probably probably stick out as the as the key ones really for me um, that that year definitely. What a compliment to all of them, and young lads as yeah. well. They weren't, you know, they weren't. Yeah. They weren't, you know, being around the block and just was easing into it. They were no. all young boys. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's that was what impressed me the most when I came down. Obviously, they were, you know. I think Siegs has invested heavily in his budget for the strikers, I think, and uh, and and, and the, so they took up all the money. But um, but yeah, no, the lads at the back were, were superb. They and maybe that was the the winning factor. They they throw their bodies on the line. You know, they they would chuck themselves in, and they weren't they weren't scared of getting hurt. And you know, and you, and you had to do that. And then 
And I think, you know, in midfield, we then had uh, Alex Osik, who was another one who's just a run all day. You know, couldn't fitness was amazing, you know, Ossie. And, and then Zubes, Marcus Perona with him, had that little bit of class that, you know, with on the ball, you know, people like Marlon on the wing. And yep. I'm trying to think now, I, I, I hate to think I've, I've left miffed anybody out, but um, yeah, Tommy yeah, Martin. I think we had to- Tommy Martin came and joined about yeah, Tommy Martin. that season. I think what a character Tommy is, eh? Yeah. So I still I speak to him every now and again. He he was another. We had we used to share a lift down. So that that car was are uh, the stories we've got in that car on the way down. You know, with me, Laney, Zoobs, Tommy Martin, um, Pretty in the in the early days. You know, I think even like my dad still talks about it now when he used to come down with us sometimes, and he still you know, can can laugh his head off about some of the jokes. Tommy was an absolute lunatic. What a character. He was just he was just always taking the piss out of people. He was always looking to do, you know, to get a laugh. And uh, yeah, I've never known anybody like him and yeah, and I don't want to to be fair. He's such he's such a nice guy though underneath it all. You know, he yeah, the best interests at heart and um and he could play as well. You know, he, all right, he wasn't the most physical but but he could play. You know, give him that ball. He, uh, he he could unlock things and no, he's a good, good player, definitely a good player. Well, I think that's a wonderful thing to end on, Kevin. It's been a, a super evening. I've really, really enjoyed it. You wait till this comes out. You'll get to get some phone calls from your mates. I tell you. <laughs> you really well, especially if I, I need to find that photo, actually, to see if I've missed anybody. Otherwise, they're going <laughs> to they're, they're well, not going to be happy with me. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think to be fair, I think I've covered most people. Um, no, it's just probably little Laney I ain't mentioned. Little Laney, yeah, he was yeah. he was a decent little player as well on on one wing. Um, and uh, oh, to tell you, what, I've missed out from. I'm just looking at the picture now, and look where he's gone on as well. John Akindi. Yes. What what a player. Um, when you think back, he had two spells of us, didn't he? And that mm-hmm. that first that first spell, he came down, and he was obviously only a young lad. And again, he used to share the car with us because he was North Kent boy of Gravesend, and. Uh, he didn't say a lot, you know, he's a big guy, he used to get in the car and he never say a word. You'd be like, oh, you're right, John. He's like, yeah, 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 I'm all right. And then that was it. You wouldn't hear that nothing from him for the rest of the journey. And um, and then he'd go down and and obviously that first spell he, he come in, you could see his athleticism and his speed and his strength. But, you know, I think in his own missions, he, you know, his finishing probably wasn't amazing at that point. And he was quite raw, you know, very, very raw at that stage. But, um, you know, you could see what, potential he had and then um so yeah so i know john akindi was um yeah first spell he was there was definitely potential but he was very raw and then um then he went back to a to ebsfleet for a little bit didn't he i think he had a season back with them or something and then uh then he came back to us again and oh my god what a player when he came back that that extra year was he he bullied defenders in that league uh, in the ryman league as we were then and yeah i you could see what he was going to do, and then literally from from spending that time with us, he then walked straight into the Street first team, and uh, you know, and, and look where he's now gone on to the you know, career that he's had, and obviously he's come back round again. He's back in Kent again at Gillingham now, but um, yeah, and the, the the good thing with John though, like I say, he's such a nice guy. You know, he, he, I'm sure he's still exactly the same. I haven't seen him for for a long while, but um, I think my dad bumped into him at Blue Water a little while back and he said he's still exactly the same you know such a nice guy I was asking how everybody was asking how Whistable were so he, he remembers he remembers his he time and uh, that's really really nice I remember a conversation yeah. I had with him going back to the first spell because he was such a big presence 
but he was he seemed unwilling to put himself about and i said to him one day john john you're getting in the penalty box son you're doing all the right things but you're just standing there lean on them make your presence felt but boy yeah. when he came back the second time what an animal in the in the sense of what oh, was exactly he was and i still i still think there was more to come from him i think yeah. he he was he was too nice you're right he was you're, too he nice was, and he? yeah and even that second spell he was you know he was you know 10 times better player than he was the first time um, but there was still more to come so no you know and you just there, there are certain players that you play with and you think you've got potential but you've also you deserve to go and, and get something you deserve from the game. It, yes and, i agree and and john was definitely one of those so i'm you know well happy for him that he's gone on to get the, uh, the career that he's had yeah no top top guy Never used to say nothing in the car, but um, but yeah, not nice guy. Nice guy. Well, Kevin, I think we have to call it a day then because I'm a bit time sensitive on these, but who cares? I, I don't really <laughs> care. I've enjoyed the chat, mate. It's been brilliant. Yeah, from uh, from Kevin Fuel, who's got a big smile on his face because he's been talking about all the happy days with yeah. different clubs he's been throughout Kent, which is fantastic. Chatham, Sittingbourne, Whitstable. And it's been a real, real pleasure to have you on, Kevin. So from me and from Kevin Fuel here on Belmont Banter, we'll meet all again soon. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, Kevin. Cheers, Tony. Thank you. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. They are providers of optical fibre services to the telecoms industry, specialising in optical fibre provision, local and long haul. We offer a full turnkey solution to our clients throughout London and the south of England. Contact us through the website for more details. Your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter for news about local football in Kent and beyond. I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter. Don't forget there's a new episode out every week which comes out on a Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end. And leave a like and don't forget to pass it on to all your mates. Cheers.